We are going to start taking our regular offering, and uh, while we do that, like Josh said earlier, if you did not get a chance to participate and make a commitment to For Their Future last Sunday, you would still like to. You just tear off that bottom part of that commitment card that's inserted there in your bulletin today, drop it in the bucket as that bucket comes by, and then we'll actually be able to include that in the total that we're going to celebrate later in our service. While they're taking the offering, um, let's just move along. So uh, if you had to choose just one holiday a year to celebrate, just one, which one would you choose? Well, while you're thinking about that, um, let me just give you a few of them. You know, uh, for me, one year it was actually New Year's. New Year's Day, and here's the reason. <laughs> I had had a bad year the year before. Things had not gone that well that year, and I was so looking forward to turning over a new leaf, getting a fresh start, and so I was excited when the new year came in because I was thinking, all right, we've got a new year here. So for me, one year it was that one. Uh, maybe for you it's Valentine's Day. I don't know if anybody thought of that one or not. If you're on the romantic side, maybe you thought of that one. You know, just enjoy celebrating with the one you love or Maybe you like chocolates and flowers, who knows? Maybe for some of you it's Easter. Um, Easter kind of symbolizes maybe the start of spring. Maybe you get some new clothes, go to church, have an Easter dinner, Easter egg hunts, all that goes along with that. Or if you are a golf fan, every so often the greatest single day of golf lands right on Easter Sunday. It's the final round of the Masters Golf Tournament. It's the best Easter's of all, right? Some of you don't share my enthusiasm, let me see. Not that anybody's counting, but the next time that happens will be 2020, in case you want to go ahead and put that on your calendar. Um, or Memorial Day. Maybe you like that weekend. It kind of kicks off summer you know, maybe you like the race and you're looking forward to summer vacations, that sort of thing. And obviously, it's a really significant day, especially if you've had someone who served our country or has lost their life serving our country because you can remember the sacrifice they made so that we have the freedom that we enjoy here in America. July 4th, maybe you love summertime and the vacations and the fireworks and the cookouts and you like that it's hot, that sort of thing. Maybe it's Halloween, you know, we just had Halloween. You like the costume, maybe getting your kids dressed up in costumes, trick-or-treating, maybe you like the scary part that goes along with Halloween, or the one that's coming this week, Thanksgiving. For some of you, maybe it's Thanksgiving. You know, hopefully we take some time, we set aside some time just to be thankful for how God has blessed us, but there's a lot that goes along with that too, like food and football and food and family and food and naps, you know. And then if you're a shopper, you love the next day because it's Black Friday and all the sales and that sort of thing. And if you like food, you like the next day because it's leftover day, you know, that sort of thing. And then, of course, there's Christmas. We don't take just a day to celebrate Christmas, do we? Usually we take an entire month to celebrate Christmas. All that's involved with Christmas, the traditions and the shopping and the music and the presents and the stockings and the cookies and the old movies and maybe Christmas Eve services and time with family and if you're lucky or you go north, snow, 
you know, white Christmas. It didn't happen very often here, but once in a while we get lucky and have snow on Christmas, right? So, you know, I, I don't know if, if there's a certain holiday that sticks out to you. Um, last week, Josh mentioned this, and I thought I would elaborate on it just for a minute. Um, how many of you would say that you love Christmas so much that it is okay to start celebrating before Thanksgiving. Get out the decorations, listen to the music. Let me see your hands. All right, put your hands up. Okay, you can put them down now. How many of you would say, you know what, it is absolutely shameful to do anything related to, to Christmas till Thanksgiving's over? Yeah, you can put your hand. Did, did you notice those hands went up more forcefully, more passionately there? Yeah. Um, don't tell anyone, but if you were on Facebook this week, you may have seen this. I actually put a Christmas tree up in my office this last week. Um, yeah, I know, it was shameful. But that was more about this little competition I got going with somebody than it was that I was in the Christmas spirit. But have, have you ever noticed how some holidays lose their significance? Um, you know, I didn't even mention to you Labor Day is one of those holidays. Most of the time when we think of Labor Day, it's just a three-day weekend. It symbolizes the end of summer, that sort of thing. I've always thought it kind of ironic because we take a day off work to celebrate Labor Day. You know, the day that we commemorate, you know, labor and the workforce and appreciate that. So we just take off work and don't work, that kind of thing. Memorial Day is one of those that perhaps has lost its significance. You know, we certainly don't want to forget those who have given their lives to give us the freedom that we have in our country. And Thanksgiving can lose its significance sometimes too, you know, because um, sure, enjoy all that goes with it, the food and the family and the football and Black Friday sales and all that, but we want to take some time to be thankful. Well, the nation of Israel, which most of the first half of the Bible, the Old Testament, tells the story of the nation of Israel, and God had a special relationship with them. And you read in that first part of the Bible that God told them that there were certain holidays that they were to celebrate. And he was the one who established these holidays. Make sure you understand that. God wanted them to have holidays, to set aside time, to celebrate. Sometimes these were actually seven or eight days long, even. I mean, how would you like that? Instead of Thanksgiving being just Thursday or maybe Thursday and Friday, it's a week-long celebration. Well, God had some of those for the nation of Israel um, because he wanted them to remember he wanted them to celebrate. He wanted them to, to commemorate. But, and this may sound familiar to you, some of them had lost their significance. The people would celebrate them. They'd take time off work, but they had forgotten why they were celebrating them. And here's one for you. There was a seven-day holiday they completely forgot about. No kidding. After a few hundred years, they just quit celebrating it. They forgot all about that. How would you like that? You had a paid week's vacation, and you completely forgot to take it. You're probably thinking, that's not going to happen, Jerry, right? Well, throughout this series, For Their Future, we have been talking about the book of Nehemiah. And it tells the story of a man by the name of Nehemiah who was the cupbearer for the king of Persia who went back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls because the enemies had invaded. They had destroyed the nation of Israel, leveled um, so many of the cities. Jerusalem lie in ruins. And a hundred years later, the walls had not been rebuilt. And so Nehemiah goes back to lead the charge to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And they do that. They do it in 52 days. 
let me just add, that was amazing for so many reasons. To rebuild the entire walls in 52 days, incredible opposition. Their lives were threatened while they were rebuilding the walls. You know, it, you read at one point that half the people had to stop working and start guarding everybody who was, you know, building the walls just to protect them. And they did it in 52 days. So it's to, safe to say this wasn't only amazing, this was a miracle from God that they were able to do it that quickly. When they finished the walls in 52 days, in spite of that incredible opposition, they were so grateful for what God had done, that finally they had walls around their city again, that they wanted to celebrate what God had done. And then an amazing thing happens. When they're about ready to celebrate what God had done, they pull out the law that was when it talks about the law, the law of Moses, that was just their Bible. That was the Bible that they had. Ezra, one of the religious leaders, pulls out the law, and they all gather in the town square, and he begins to read it. And instead of telling you this story, I'm just going to read you part of the story. This is Nehemiah chapter 8, and I'll start in verse 1. Here's what it says. All the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square, just inside the water gate. They asked Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. So on October 8, Ezra the priest brought out the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and women and all the children old enough to understand. He faced the square just inside the water gate. Now, just so you know, this is a different water gate than the one associated with President Nixon, okay? This is with the walls of Jerusalem. He faced the square just inside the water gate, and from early morning until noon, read aloud to everyone who could understand. All the people listened closely to the book of the law. Now, I want you to think about this. This is amazing what happens. They just stand there from early morning until noon and listen to their Bible being read. I have a friend who decided to read through the Bible this year. He started in January and he thought, I'm just going to read through the whole thing. And he loved it so much and he got into it so much that it only took him nine months to get through the entire Bible. And by the way, that's pretty impressive. It took him just a week to do the entire New Testament because he was just devouring it. So he told me when he finished, he said, I'm just going to start over and read it all over again. And I was like, okay, don't burn yourself out, you know. But by the end of October, he was already halfway through the Old Testament again. And what he does is he listens to it. Um, he'll listen to it when he's working, but he said even when he's sitting and has a Bible in front of him, he'll still listen to someone read it because he said, I just comprehend it so much better when I hear it being read to me. And that's what's going on here in the city of Jerusalem in the town square. They're listening to the Bible being read. That's what it means when it says the book of the law of Moses. That was their Bible at that time. Basically, it was probably the first five books of the Bible. We call it the Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now, picture this with me. Perhaps as many as 50,000 people, we gather that from what we read in chapter 7, are standing there in the town square. A football stadium full of people standing in the town square. And as Ezra is reading this, they begin to cry. They begin to weep. And the reason is they realize that there was so much of what he's reading that they weren't doing anymore. 
They had forgotten all about it. So let's see what happens next. Verse 9, chapter 8. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites, too, quieted the people, telling them, Hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a festive meal and to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's word and understood them. Let me interpret that for you. It was time to celebrate, to celebrate what God had done. And as they began to read more and more of the law in detail, they actually discovered that there was a seven-day festival that they were to celebrate, and they hadn't been doing it for hundreds of years. They had forgotten all about it. It was called the Feast of Shelters. Now, when the nation of Israel had gone from Egypt to the land God had promised them, the promised land, it took them 40 years to get there. And while they were in that desert for 40 years, they lived in temporary shelters, or you could even call them makeshift huts. Usually they made them out of branches. They made them out of leaves. So once a year, God said after they'd got into the land, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out in your front yards for a week. Or if some of them didn't have front yards if they lived in the city. So you say, or go up on your rooftop. And I want you to build these temporary huts and live in them for seven days. And this was to serve as a physical reminder of how God had provided for and protected them when they had been in the desert. Kind of like going camping, if you like to camp, I guess. You know, <laughs> maybe that's how the seven-day festival ended. Camping in their front yard or on the rooftop just wasn't all that exciting. Wasn't that much of a festival to them. Any campers here? How many of you like to camp? Let me see your hands. Okay, quite a few of you do. I'm not one of them, okay? Um, honestly, I just don't find camping all that much fun. And, and, oh, by the way, if your camper has wheels and air conditioning and a refrigerator and lights, you don't get to count that as camping, all right? <laughs> but let me show you how the story ends in Nehemiah 8. I'll keep reading. Here's what it says. So the people went out and cut branches and used them to build shelters on the roofs of their house, in their courtyards and in the courtyard of God's temple, or in the squares just inside the water gate and the Ephraim gate. So everyone who had returned from captivity lived in these shelters during the festival. They were all filled with great joy. The Israelites had not celebrated like this since the days of Joshua, son of Nun. Hundreds of years had gone by, and they hadn't celebrated like this. Wow. But you get the idea if you read this, and even as you read between the lines, that this was some celebration. And, you know, God was so pleased, too, because he loves it when his people celebrate. God finds great joy 
in watching his people celebrate. Maybe, maybe you can relate to that. Um, last Sunday night, my life group met, my small group, and everybody in our group has small children except for Janet and me. So as a discussion starter, we were discussing our favorite holiday, Thanksgiving or Christmas. You had to say one or the other. And many of those in our group said it would be Christmas because they loved experiencing it through their kids, watching the excitement of a kid, you know, just the unbridled exuberance um, of a kid opening their gifts or just experiencing everything that Christmas has to offer. You know, there's nothing like it, is there? And God loves celebrations too. Why? Well, a couple reasons. One, I think God wants us to enjoy life. He is a God of joy. You know, life can be hard. Life can even maybe just become mundane at times. And you need to spice it up a bit every so often. A second reason is be, that God wants us to celebrate is because he wants us to remember. Celebrating helps you remember. So we're going to do both this morning. We're going to remember what God has done, and we're going to celebrate that. First, let's talk about that we're going to remember. Maybe you can do this individually. What a great time of year to do this with Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. Just review what God has done for you. Do you remember a time in your life where you were at this place and now you're over here and you say, wow, God really has changed my life. Celebrate that. Do you remember a time when things were really tough and yet God has been faithful and he sustained you through the tough times? Celebrate that. I would encourage you this week to take some time and just reflect on what you're thankful for. Did you know that when you're thankful, it's actually therapeutic? Now, I'm not saying we should be thankful for selfish reasons, but the truth is when you're thankful, you feel better. It has an effect. And if you will take time to remember God's faithfulness in your life or to remember the blessings you have in life, it changes you. It changes your attitude. It actually relieves stress and dissatisfaction and brings you peace and contentment. So remember, a second thing, let's celebrate. Take some time this week to celebrate. You know, all weeks, Thanksgiving, there's so much we can celebrate that God has done for us. But you know what we want to do this morning? We also want to celebrate what God has done through for their future. Perhaps what you can celebrate is how you took a step of faith and said, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to participate. I'm going to be part of this because I want to make a difference in the lives of people. I want to make a difference in the lives of people I know and care about as well. So we're going to do that this morning. We are going to celebrate. You ready to do that? All right. Sounds like it. So uh, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to celebrate. Let's pray.